You think you're too cool for school. But I got a newsflash for you, Walter Cronkite. You aren't. Episode 163 of the Cult of Matt and Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And make sure to head over to the Facebook of the Cult of Matt and Mark and like us, or head over to our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com, or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Any show news, Mr. Hudson? Show news? No, I got finals next week, so I'm sort of oh, going ape shit crazy. Oh my God. Trying to get a bunch of shit crammed in this old head of mine. How's it working? How's it doing? Uh, I think it might be full. Really, I, you know what? I, you know what I've heard helps Adderall. You should get. Mm. You should. You should go uh, hold up a thirteen-year-old on the street and grab his Adderall. You know, I'm bouncing off the walls some. already. I don't think I need any. Uh, you know, think Adderall's uh, going to do it? Okay. <clears throat> uh, I'm pretty sure that just that's a stimulant, right? Yeah, I heard it makes you study like a motherfucker, though. Well, that's all right. I'm already feeling jumpy as it oh, is. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, you should really switch to decaf. They're just as tasty as the uh, regular brands. I've been thinking that maybe I've been drinking too much coffee. I think we talked about this last week. I've just been really jittery lately. How many uh, cups do you drink a day? Oh, no more than 10 or 12. What? No, really. How many do you drink a day? Uh, well, actual cups? You mean like a cup is what, six fluid ounces? Oh, yeah. I mean, I drink probably, I guess, in, in that volume, six to seven cups, which is... Uh, a 16-ounce mug, or right. s- close to that. Maybe 20 ounces a day I'll drink, okay. usually about 16. So. Well, then I probably drink about, ooh, 20, 20 maybe 50, 50 or 60 ounces Whoa. a day. Are you shitting me? And I like my coffee crap, strong dude. with oh lots of cream. God. I think I've found the root of your jittery problem. It uh, might be, but I like coffee and I need it. I'm not a doctor, but it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm with you. Uh, look, you and look, no up. coffee. Never, never coffee after nine p.m. That's just my rule. Oh man, jeez, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I start uh, mainlining the melatonin and Benadryl after nine anyway. So, uh, I think it, it, it would counteract any coffee I may drink. Mm. But. That's a lot of coffee, dude. I I, I didn't know you were uh, you're full. T- you must get headaches if you abstain for for a period of time. Yeah, I do. Oh yeah. man, every wow. morning. And, and you foo foo it up too. You got to put the no. I just put in cream it. in it. Okay, is that foo foo? Right. Little foo foo. I'm a black man. Yeah. yeah so. Well, you can't drink really stiff coffee black. I don't think. At least the really oh. heavy roasted stuff. Oh, I can. I drink Scotch whiskey, my friend. Yeah. Well, you're a manly man. Whiskey. I'm a girly man. I know. I'm a girl drink drunk. That's right. You like your uh, coffee like you like your women white and bitter. So <laughs> that's not my joke. I borrowed that from a friend who I think borrowed it from a friend. Mm. So, I mean, anyway. I mean, it's not inaccurate. Uh, true. Uh, just some show news on my behalf. Uh, uh, so maybe our listeners can savor this special podcast more than any other. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be heading out on uh, paternity leave here at the Cult of Matt and Mark. I will be uh, at the same rate of pay that you currently at the same receive, rate of pay, which I think is generous. negative like four dollars a month that you pay for hosting. Uh, I you know what uh, I was going to do a shout out to our hoster, uh, which is archive dot org, and uh, I just donate to them and they let me put the shit up for free. So God bless them. Oh wow! Uh, they're 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 uh, yeah they're just sort of an archive site. And you just have to license it under Creative Commons and that sort of thing. And, and it has to be original content. And they'll let you uh, post it. So, uh, yeah, I give them money here and there. But they're, they're a great site. And mm. they've been hosting our stuff for years. And uh, I just give them a little bit of guilt money here and there. Archive.org? Um, yeah, archive.org. And you can search their archives and find a ton of shit. Like, I actually got, we actually got a comment on one of our podcasts that was posted directly there. Hmm. So uh, you can go there and you can download our uh, podcasts uh, if you search the Cult of Matt and Mark in any format you like. So you can get the MP3. I think they do uh, AUG format as well. And uh, recently I discovered they started adding torrent sites. 
So uh, you can torrent our podcast, I guess, if if you want to do that, or just you know download the. So are, there's really torrent links for the podcast. Yeah, and that's actually I I I I actually was able to finally steal my novel Chronophage. It's uh, posted <laughs> up. I, I got a torrent to work through them, uh-huh. and I had posted the novel uh, to their site a while ago. And then they added this torrent feature. So if you go to the Pirate Bay in whatever country or offshore drilling rig they happen to be hosting this week, <laughs> and you search for Chronophage, and it's under my nom de plume, M.G. Churchill, you can find it, and you can torrent that bitch. And so uh, I've, had, I've had it stolen over 35 times already, which is like way more than I ever sold the goddamn thing for. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping one of these, uh, uh, these um, I guess, Internet criminals... The movie industry would like to call them. Mm-hmm. The MPAA would Look, like to call Matt, them. Matt, you wouldn't steal a car, would you? Fuck, man. Depends on what kind of situation I'm in. You if know? I could download yeah. a car, I certainly would. Yeah. I mean, if I could steal a, you know, a McLaren off the street with a, um, you know, maybe a, a, a less than 1% chance of ever being caught and, and have some fun, I think I'd fucking do it, man. And, uh, you know, end up paying a $3,000 fine. Uh, as a result, if I ever did get caught, I think I'd steal that car. How about you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd consider it. You know, just funny- laying around with the keys in it, you know, just sitting there. As long as it deprived the poor rich bastard of his McLaren, I certainly would. I think I would. You know, yeah, there's, exactly. it's sort of funny. Um, my headphone jack broke in my uh, cell phone this week, so I couldn't keep up on my myriad of iPod, I mean, of a podcast listening. So I had to yeah. resurrect an old iPod touch I had. Oh yeah, and I was in. I was going in, you know, uh, adding podcasts to the podcast app on it, and I saw that there was a new review on iTunes for our podcast, a five star review, no less. What? Yeah. What? What? This is show news. I know it's Holy. pretty exciting. It was actually wow. very complimentary by uh, some guy named Ryan. Oh my and, god! Uh, I thought I thought that I thought that was pretty neat. Really, we got one. Uh, the last one I checked on iTunes was the guy that says a podcast by white guys who hate white people. Yeah, that was so. uh, that was back in October for somebody who really didn't appreciate our Texas Texas Chainsaw Massacre podcast. I can understand we were both rather negative on the movie, even though it's considered a classic of horror. I don't, I don't think yeah. I just really got what was so hot about it. So but, uh, I'm looking at our iTunes here, and I only see that that three reviews with uh, two people I know, mm-hmm. and one I actually uh, share a bed with, which I don't well, know if that counts. And, and I don't then, know, man. Uh, Are you actually going? Don't you have to have iTunes installed to look at these things? Oh, I'm looking at it like the iTunes.apple.com. That just oh. is our RSS feed. Mm-hmm. So oh, uh, no, I haven't looked at the actual. Well, maybe it takes a while know, to get updated. This is actually through iTunes on an iPod. Oh. Wow. Well, uh, shout out to a friend of the show, Ryan. Then uh, I, I'm, I'm tickled. Uh, did he did he say anything in particular? Uh, oh, I just I just closed it. I'm sorry, oh, bastard. It was, it was very complimentary. Bastard. Go go ahead and read it. I, I think you'll be pleased. I don't have it up, so we'll have to. Well, we'll have to. Uh, I'll have to wait till later to <laughs> to, to, to to read it. But uh, anyway, well, uh, cool. All right, you know, I, finally, some listeners. the effort's finally starting to pay off. The very I know after what uh, how, we've been doing this about three and a half years. Yeah, <laughs> so. I've been I was actually listening to a lot of uh, been this thing going back and adding some podcasts. I went back and listened to some. I have to get a shout out to another very excellent movie podcast. Probably the best one. There's okay. there's there's lots of movie podcasts out there that do recent stuff. Uh, okay. you yeah. know, like, uh, the slash film cast and, and that ilk. So they're always talking about whatever the newest Marvel Marvel movie is, it seems, which is fine. But the thing is, I don't really go out and catch a lot of movies yeah. in the theater. I mean, we talk about it when we do every couple of months, but the, there's a movie called film sack. All right. Never and I really recommend people go in and check it out. Basically it's like four really funny guys in their 40s. Oh, a podcast called Yeah, it's film a podcast. Sack. You said yeah. a film called Films. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, a podcast called uh, Film Sack. All right. And, uh, okay. All right. And it's it's very good. They do some they've done quite a bit of movies that we've looked at. Oh, really? And okay. uh, I don't know, it's, it's actually it's actually some really good banter. The guy who leads it is a professional podcaster. He oh, runs a podcast network and uh, he's it's got some really great um a sound editing and uh, four oh. people, which really keeps the pace up. And actually, they do a bit of pre-writing for it. Oh Jesus! Uh, before they get started, and uh, wow. I don't know. It's great. 
if you have some time to burn sitting in a hospital room or something in the near future, yeah, that may I want to go look up some of their old uh, classics. I, I don't know. I think I might be too much of a narcissist. I think I might just, uh, you know, crumple under under my lack of professionalism and poor podcasting uh, uh, talent. You know, I, I, my fragile ego may crumple. Mm. I hope they're getting paid for it. If they're getting paid for it, then I feel a lot better about well, it. Well, they do have – they do have – they're usually sponsored. You know, they, do right. the, they have the normal, uh, you know, uh, domain name registrars and, uh, and legal aud- zooms, audible and stuff like that. And the, they ting. have the, the little drops. Okay. Yeah. The same uh, – it's always the same uh, folks advertising on podcasts. Have you noticed that? Well, I don't think there's very many podcasting networks. This guy runs like one of the – a more successful independent one's called I think it's called Frog Pants. Okay. And uh and his his name was something Johnson, I forget his first name. But um I, yeah, I mean I think there's not that many companies that foray into it. It's still I think it's still sort of new except for it's like pretty really nascent. big names like uh like Adam Corolla or, or or whatnot will pick up some uh, a wider berth of Yeah. Pants. I don't think yeah. there's a huge amount of money in it. But no. I think maybe if you run a network and some of your people are volunteers, I think you can probably make a living at it. This guy does at least. Good on him. All right. Uh, well, we better uh, we better we better do what we get paid to do here and uh, get into the movie this week. <laughs> Our uh, movie this week is the uh, 2001 uh, September. Whoa. It got released at September 28th, 2001. Can you believe that shit? Well, we needed to laugh after that terrible oh. tragedy. God almighty, what a what a miserable day to come out. All right. Uh, anyway, Zoolander, uh, starring none other than the ben, Mr. Ben Stiller. Uh, let me go ahead and do the uh, plot rundown. Stiller is Derek Zoolander, an intellectually challenged but bone-structured, blessed male model who's despondent after being eclipsed in popularity by an e- equally vacuous rival, Hansel, played by Owen Wilson. Upon his reluctant retirement, Derek is invited to a day spa, by previously standoffish fashion designer Jacobin Mugato, played by Will Ferrell, where the befuddled model is brainwashed by the mysterious Katinka into assassinating the Prime Minister of Malaysia. So, anyway, more or less. Uh, a little bit of the uh, Manchurian candidate in form of uh, uh, Ben Stiller's uh, Zoolander. I guess. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of homages in this film to other films. Uh, if I was better schooled on classic film, I think I'd probably see it more often. I think there's something with the Godfather in there at some point. Oh, yeah. Instead of several other movies. Um, I was listening to a little bit of the dialogue as I watched it this most recent time. Uh, not, not the best, uh, director commentary track, but uh, still interesting here and there. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't really need much of a plot because it's a comedy. It's a broad comedy. Would you, would, would, wouldn't you say? Well, uh, speaking of wait, homage, I was reading something interesting in the trivia. Brett Easton Ellis, who wrote American Psycho, which we reviewed, uh, wrote a novel in 1998 called Glamorama. Mm-hmm. And it was about a dim-winded male model who finds himself embroiled in a terrorist ring with roots in the fashion industry. Uh, and Brett Easton Ellis actually sued Ben Stiller uh, following the <laughs> release of the film, citing copyright infringement. And uh, the case was later settled out of court, which pretty much means there was a case. Well, uh, I mean, it doesn't sort of necessarily mean it, the case had merit. It just meant that defending it would cost more than what they could settle for. I know, isn't that? But still, a little, uh, a little weird, huh? That you would actually like go sue uh, Zoolander for. I'm sure Brett Easton Ellis's uh, novel wasn't in in the vein of a comedy. I'm sure it was probably similar to his other stuff. Uh, so kind of funny. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I would defend, I guess, uh, Ben Stiller all the way on this because uh, it's derivative and it's a comedy. And I, it's this whole copyright thing people get hung up on. Well, it's interesting we when, when he was talking about on his con- his track, he kept talking about all the incredible revisions the script went through while they were making oh, really? the story ended up being quite a bit different at one point okay. there was a uh, north by northwest ending the first ending they wrote takes place okay. on mount rushmore oh jesus christ 
<laughs> and uh, and they keep talking about all the jokes they stole from his TV show, the Ben Stiller show. Oh, the Ben Stiller show was great. And how oh, a lot man, of the characters were like basically like these jags on characters from the Ben Stiller show. Yeah, yeah. So I, this movie was fucking funny. I, I've seen it a few times. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it stem to stern. Oh, I'm glad you like enjoyed I it. I, I like it. I mean, it's a... It's not terribly challenging, but I think it has a lot of fun performances. Well, it's weird because it's making fun of something that most of us don't really even pay attention to. Yeah, everybody's sort of aware of modeling and models and and sort of the, uh, uh, I guess, the the vacuous nature of the whole industry. Mm-hmm. And the fashion industry is always something that's never, I've never understood very well. It's It's... It's this strange sort of hybrid of of art and commercialism where you have uh, designers who are these known people that have their names all over the clothing line. And usually, strangely, ends up on T-shirts that people buy, like overpriced T-shirts like Tommy Hilfiger. I don't ever understand why those T-shirts are so much. And it's just the designer. It's not like he designed the fucking T-shirt. It's just his names on the T-shirt. It's a really weird weird thing about brand names and how people really enjoy paying for them. I don't know. Maybe it's it's just some sort of perceived value that people have. Like if if, if Tommy Hilfinger found a T-shirt and put his name on it, it must be a pretty good T-shirt. Or whoever is the designer of DKNY, that's somebody else who... I forget the person's name, who, who's that designer. So you get these these artistes, uh, so to speak, who uh, craft looks and clothing. And they're usually like in the hubs of London, Paris, or New York. Uh, and they have shows. So they'll have a show for every season. And the shows are, you know, they're wearing clothes that, that nobody would ever save maybe a few late night you know, uh, uh, midtown clubs in New York, people would ever wear out in public. And then from that, there's this other line, this sort of commercialized sort of um, derivative line of clothing that either gets kicked out from the designer's kind of production house themselves or it's influenced or whatever. And then that gets, you know, the, all that stuff gets shipped off to uh, uh, Southeast Asia to be built, to be, you know, made by child laborers like this film kind of gags on. And uh, then they get sent back here, and then that's what all the high school kids are wearing or something of that nature. It's really weird. I, I, I don't quite understand it because I am so not influenced by fashion at all. I, I basically wear clothes until the armpits just fall out of them, and they just rot away, you know? I mean, people at work are going, hey, what are you wearing today, Matthew? Yeah, that's right. Looking fashionable. I like it. Yeah, no. it's uh, I, My industry is the antithesis of fashion. I mean, I, I, I've really sort of, as far as fashion goes, I've really sort of embraced this idea of basically buy the same thing over and over again and then just wear that every day. So like yeah. the last two years I've been having this like dungarees and a black t-shirt thing I do. Oh yeah. And that's, that's what I the- wear all the time. Before that, it was like this particular shirt I got at JCPenney's and like Dockers, uh, 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 like, uh, uh, khakis that's what yeah I that's your look yeah that. no that's the look i remember you in that's that's sort of mark's uh everyday look yeah and but now you, it's all it's i i basically i buy the same i found a type of hanes t-shirt that i really like and i ooh, buy yeah. i buy a t-shirts bunch of are hard to, t-shirts you got to get the fabric right man they just, i buy they these hanes fucking... t-shirts they're actually made from like recycled pop bottles and oh, it's nice. sort of like this uh it's it's a it's it's like an artifact it's not cotton but it really, yeah. it, fe- it sort of feels like cotton, but it wicks really well. It's nice. Okay. All right. And, uh, and yeah, then I go down to working more and get dungarees. They last forever because they're like dungarees. pants for people the- who work for a living. And while okay. I don't really oh, work yeah. for a living, right. they last forever. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's akin to what I would call my Louis C.K. outfit, which is the black T-shirt and blue jeans and mm-hmm. black shoes. That's kind of what I, I, I when, when we go out somewhere, which is rare. It's like I got to put on the Louis C.K. outfit because I'm I'm kind of I got the love handles or at least the perceived love handles or I just mm-hmm. don't like you know my flabbiness and a black T-shirt is is a good way just to hide all of it 
you know, and uh, so that's 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 I, I'm with you on that one. And and the black T-shirt, I don't think is ever going to go out of style. You know? Well, you know, I mean, look, I look like a schlubby guy. I'm not trying so to do say I. I don't. But the thing yeah. I like about it is not about any sort of look, right? I'm not pulling strange out there. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, like, I get up in the morning, and there's no question about what I wear. I know, you just want to think I about it. I grab a pair of dungarees, and I grab, literally, I got a whole drawer that just have stacks of these t-shirts in it. I grab the one on top, throw it on, and I'm out. Right. And I just, I really like that simplicity. I, you know, I, I'm with you. I, the problem is, is I, I do have an office job, so I... I try to wear sort of the tucked in button up Mm -hmm. and uh i did find a pair of i think it's shit dare i say the dockers Mm -hmm. i bought them in macy's they they have the dockers right yeah Yeah. anyway and they're the no the no iron dockers Mm -hmm. it's like a fucking dream come true yeah they're cotton polyester blend but you do the same thing with that what you do is you find you find a shirt that cut you like yeah and then you go to that store's website and you just buy three of each color in the exact same size and cut. And then you're good for like a year. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, fashion, uh, Mark and I, not our strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, when we, we talk about seasons, we talk about seasons in our life, like early 30s, late, 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 late 20s uh, seasons and uh, what we were wearing then. And uh, <laughs> I, I'd like to have an outfit. This is kind of my thing. Where you could slide me back five to fifteen to twenty years, mm-hmm. and nobody would pay any attention to me. That's kind of the, the that's kind of how I would like my fashion to go. You know, just to fade into every era, to not have any sort of 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 uh, zeitgeist look to me. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I'll tell you. Those dungarees are not looking in style with what all the college kids are wearing. Is every single one of them wears skinny jeans? Oh my god! I, I oh oh that oh that to me that's like torture. Wearing those there's nothing skinny but skinny jeans. jeans. Even oh. the ch- even the chubby dorky guys in college are wearing skinny oh. jeans. Poor sons of bitches. You know, I I I, I was uh, in the St. Louis airport one of these early flights uh, heading home, and uh, there's this dude, and he sat down across from me. I didn't know it was a dude. I said, "That's an that's an interesting lesbian look." And it was the the, the skinny jeans before the skinny jeans had really even showed up on the scene. Mm. But he was kind of like a pudgy dude, and the skinny jeans didn't didn't really work. And so to me, they just looked fucking ridiculous. And I just couldn't help staring at him. And I was like, I thought he was a chick to begin with. And I was like, No, it's a dude. But he's wearing those weird ass skinny jeans. What the fuck is going on? And uh, later I realized as, as, as more, uh, uh, I guess, uh, people of his ilk started collecting in the, con- in the concourse gate there, that he was the lead singer of Fall Out Boy, and I didn't even fucking know because I'm so out of it. And uh, yeah, I was like, and then I saw uh, Pete Wentz, who kind of was the, the most famous of the uh, members of Fall Out Boy. I think he was the ba- bassist who dated uh, fucking one of the... One of those pop tarts, I, mm. I forget. But anyway, he was hanging out, and I was like, "I think I recognize that guy." Hey, this is a band, you know. And then I tried to dig up some of my uh, uh, pop culture, uh, you know. Uh, I guess uh, I don't have any pop culture sense, so I was trying trying to figure out who the fuck they were. But I knew enough that it was, I knew it was a band, and I, and I finally figured out that that was the lead singer of the Fall Out Boy, and uh, he was in skinny jeans, and they just looked like hell. I, I, they just look like hell on pudgy guys. I, I don't. I, I I don't know why people bother really, and they got to be uncomfortable as shit. So what's the point? What what is the deal? And people are still fucking wearing them. What's going on? I don't know. Fall Boy doesn't look like. Well, they look sort of like semi hipsters. We got to yeah yeah proto hipsters. There's one guy with sort of a rough looking nose, like he like he'd punch you in the face with some. He's got oh, a neck man. tattoo. I haven't seen him for. There's one guy I, wearing a dark dark glasses. I mean like. Heavy frame glasses and a hat, which is usually a bad sign. Uh, now you got me looking at him. Um, I don't know either. Yeah, no, it's the, it's yeah, no. I'm looking at him. He looks better in this picture than he did at the airport at seven mm. in the morning. I so, bet that anyway. is sort of tough on you. You probably end up putting on weight because yeah, you're he always eating out all the time. He just didn't look good. He looked kind of like a like a like a like a just a depressed lesbian. Mm. <laughs> so. I mean, that's what he was going for. 
I don't know. It reminds me of like all the skinny just reminds me of the fashion like 10 years ago when I was walking around campus and everybody had these jeans on where like they basically look like somebody made an oval with bleach behind each buttock and on each thigh. What? There was sort of this distressed oh. look that was really popular for a while. Okay. Where it was sort of uh, like like the, the blue had been worn out where you sat down. And on yeah, your, and I don't know. It didn't look realistic at all, like a, a distressed jean. Just everybody was walking around had these like white ovals on their pants. It looked really hilarious. Oh I think God. that's gone away. Yeah, I I, I wept when cargo. Pa- I couldn't find a pair of cargo pants anymore. <laughs> cargo pants are the worst, man. I, I I loved cargo pants. You know why? <laughs> because I could shove my wallet in that fucking pocket, and I didn't have to sit on the motherfucker. Uh-huh. It was they were the greatest invention known to man. <laughs> Uh, you and Tommy yeah. Wiseau like cargo pants. Tommy Wiseau and Arnold Schwarzenegger circa 1986. <laughs> well, that's just and because that, he kept like all his extra ammunition. In yeah, his kept his pants. fucking ammo in it. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, let's man. get into the let's get into the Je ne sais quoi, the movie. Uh, I you know I, I was trying to think of uh, Ben Stiller comedy and his particular brand of comedy. It's sort of and, a carefully wrought comedy. It's you know what it's kind of it's it's it, it, people kind of either like him or they don't. I found There's I sort of you know actually I'm sort of I got sort of a mixed opinion on him though I do like this movie this and I do like most of his performances. There's just I think there's something a little calculated about his comedy. Well, here's what I'll call it. I, I was trying to find the right word. And I, I may be coming up short here, but I'm thinking shame humor. There's a, like a, a lot of shame humor with Ben Stiller. He likes humiliating himself for comic effect mm. in, in a lot of his movies. And I keep thinking like some of the more, uh, I guess, uh, uh, heightened examples of this would be like a Long Came Polly, if you ever saw that one. Oh, with, he... uh Him and Jennifer Aniston. No, I never and... saw that one. I was thinking there's something about Mary. No. Uh, n- well, was he in that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I, well, I think specifically about Along Came Polly because it was it was it was kind of his his uh, uh, shtick kind of played out maybe a little bit too much, mm. and so it, it became evident that oh, you know, Ben Stiller's doing his shtick again, and like there's scenes in there where you know he goes to a, I don't know Moroccan restaurant and then he ends up taking just a nasty rotten dump in in her bathroom and of course the toilet plugs and it's just that whole humor bit Mm -hmm. you know and uh all the other kind of humiliation circumstances that you can conjure to embarrass yourself and ben stiller kind of he likes camping out on that whole thing a little bit so um here his whole the whole character he plays is humiliating so he really gets into it it's Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of fun in Zoolander in that case. So well, let's, uh, I think we had some success last week or maybe the week before that talking about the individual bits that we liked. So yes, this, this is a broad comedy. I'm going to call it a broad right. comedy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's got a, it's got sort of a bare bones plot, but mostly it's just about sort of big and funny. Well, for starters, it's, it's sketch based, I think, because it, mm-hmm. it, Ben Stiller, it came from sort of the Ben Stiller show, which was sketch based. So it has that, pedigree mm-hmm. you know uh so yeah but i think it I ties think together pretty well better than some i think it does it's very it's very cohesive it's i bits. think they spent a lot of time editing it and i think they i think they, they put a lot of polish on this film i think so uh i guess just let's do it on the fly like top three bits and we can talk about them uh in your opinion in my opinion all right well i'll start out with uh, one of my favorites uh, that uh involves a jerry stiller hold on a second i'm afraid of the radiation Sheila, honey, it's me. Listen, I need you to bring that zip disc in the den down to the fashion show. I don't care what the traffic is like. Take the goddamn service road and get off before the bridge. So put it in one of those Tupperware containers, and I'll heat it up in the microwave when I get home. For Christ's sake, it's a casserole, Sheila! It'll stay! <laughs> that, I know that, that whole bit where the, it's the crescendo... The whole movie, and all yeah, the main players are there, and shits hit the fan, and then it just takes this thirty second break. I know. And uh, uh, Maury Ballstein has a has a conversation one sided with his wife. I just yeah, there's something about that, that I really like. Of course, I think you know Jerry Stiller with this 
decades and decades of uh, comedy uh, chops. Well, really yeah, and especially it. his Seinfeld character, where that was his whole role was to yell at his wife all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know? I guess he did. I mean, I mean, he always had his comedy routine with his wife. I never saw it. I wonder if there was. Okay. I wonder if they had like a sort of a bitchy dynamic between them as part of their humor. Well, I mean, it's just that 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 precalculated, elevated, you know, yelling voice. <laughs> it just, it's just. Fucking, and I mean, it was so funny in Seinfeld because he would do it, and 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 uh, you know George Costanza would just sit there and and just grimace, you know, as they just kept going on and on about fucking like these these almost uh, uh, rhetorical arguments that his parents keep having, you know, about the same old shit mm-hmm, forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good bit. Yeah, I did enjoy uh, that. yeah, and I I just I really love where it's placed. In between, like this huge, big performance uh, uh, by uh, uh, Will Ferrell as Mugatu, it's just there's right. that break with that conversation. It just really cracks me up. So one of my favorite bits was the uh, coal mining bit. Oh and, God! And, when he goes when he goes home and that the song starts up, he's not heavy. He's my brother. That's just every time, and he's walking in that snakeskin outfit down that coal yeah. mining road. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And that happens like at the twenty fifth minute too. Oh yeah, it's 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 way at the beginning. My favorite part of that mm-hmm. is uh, well, for starters, everybody has his same hair. Like the whole family has has that mm-hmm. that that whatever whatever they were calling it, white man afro look. Oh yeah, and uh, and Vince Vaughn, a list caliber fucking actor, mm-hmm. says nothing. <laughs> he has no lines. Yeah, no, not one. Line. Not one line. <laughs> Some close-ups on his face, but there isn't one line uh-huh. you know, coming out of his mouth. And he plays it just... really straight, too. The, guy, the <laughs> other guy, they got to play the, the other brother sort of hamming it up. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. But, uh, that, uh, yeah. The coal mining bit was, was, was hilarious. Well, I mean, and you got John Voight there. And John Voight, who's a, a great dramatic actor. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, you know, just 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 uh, played for effect here. Prancing around in your underwear with your wiener hanging out for everyone to see. <laughs> <laughs> merman, merman. It's a merman, not a mermaid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that commercial too. Like uh, be, the be, uh, see here, water, moisture. Water is the essence of moisture, and moisture <laughs> is the essence of beauty. And they got all these big bands like brands like Avita. And they met, they is that had an mature. actual? Is it an actual uh, product? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't they know used that. actual products. They used a lot of people in the fashion industry, which I I thought was sort of interesting because they're sort of dogging on the fashion industry the whole yeah. the whole yeah. time. Well, uh, David Bowie, isn't it? Who uh, I think exclusively marries models. I don't know if he has ever not married a model. Yeah, that was a weird scene with the. It's uh, not my favorite scene of the movie, the dance off. Though yeah, the there is off. one element of that that I really like is that. Um, they they meet at um, the old abandoned um, uh, oh god what's the name of that clothing line members only warehouse oh yeah just funny because you remember the members only jacket yeah everybody had one yeah I had exactly. one in junior high with a fucking terrible jacket I know uh, I, I I had a white one I looked I I I looked toxic as I recall <laughs> I mean they were usually in that sort of tan. You know, uh, Iranian president Ahmadinejad look, but uh, no, I had a fucking white one for some reason, and and it, it just glowed. I, I don't know what I. I, I don't. Speaking I, of fashion disasters of me and my, uh, you know, I think it was sort of years. a weird uh, take on like a text all textile bomber jacket. I think is what they were going for. Yeah. Yeah, and and they were ubiquitous, which made the name even more ironic. Right? <laughs> members so. only. Yeah, I went down to JC's Penny, got a members only. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I guess your your next bit, your second bit. Uh, let's see here. Was, you know, uh, there's some touching parts too. Here's a here's a little uh, thing from when um, Hansel and uh, Derek are making up. Uh, uh, when he finally figures out he's been brainwashed and he goes over to Hansel's place and they have that discussion where they've got a few things to work out and right. they're sort of burying each other's hearts about how they feel about each other. And here, here's a, here, this is an interesting little uh, aside. Your work in the winter 95 
international mail catalog. I I I thought that was whether I thought that was really neat. You sort of have to see their faces when they're talking, uh, right, to each other. But um, but I remember it always reminds me of the International Mail catalog, and I think I might have actually perused the 1995 International Mail because I used to have a roommate uh, who uh, got his underwear from there. He like he got into the men's thong underwear. This wasn't Couchman, was it? No, it was later. It was actually later oh, than '95. Oh, okay, uh, I don't remember who. I don't remember who it was. But the thing is, that's that's meets. that's where he would order them from. So we'd always every like two months we'd get an international mail catalog, and basically, international mail serviced like the gay men's clothing. Would, so it was like was a lot of say. mesh and stuff that exposed your midriff and like uh, you know tidy, you know sort of a uh, what did what this. Like booty shorts, but for guys. Why, why, why is thong, panty lines an thong issue underwear. with dudes? Why is a panty line an issue with a dude? No, it's I mean, more like a, a, it's more like a, a. I don't know. It's like clothes for guys to wear. It want to flaunt off their great physique. Oh, yeah. But they also had thong underwear, and I guess it was tough to get. Oh, so that's where he would get. Them. I th- yeah, I thought thongs were for women in the panty line thing. I thought that was the sole reason for wearing. Uh, them, well, but. this guy uh, he liked him. He just said they were more comfortable. You said they I can't imagine a, a something they, riding into your butt crack. Well, it's not like it's thing. like jammed up your butt. It just goes up up your crack. I think oh, no. it stays in place. He, he just said it was was comfortable. I'm strict boxer man now. I I, I have no tidy white. You know you so. don't even boxer brief it. You straight boxer it. Straight boxer it. I, I don't even wife. I got tired no of wife boxers because there's just too much, uh, too much. Just there's too many degrees of freedom for uh, old Johnny and the and the boys. Uh, no, I think I think I, I don't think uh, I, I think the few times I, I see myself unclothed in the mirror, the uh, the 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 tidy whities just humiliate me in a way that I can't take anymore. I, I gotta have boxers for some reason. You know. Well, have you ever tried boxer briefs? Yeah, and I hate those. Those are worse. I just fucking heat up in those goddamn things. Yeah, they can they're, be. A, they're, they can be. A they're like warm. the turtlenecks of underwear. And it just, I, I fucking hate them. So I, I've gone straight to uh, boxers, uh-huh. and so at night I wear like a really light, super thin T-shirt and a pair of boxers, and like I'm, I, I'm like if some something if I need to go chase something off my lawn with a, uh, you know, uh, a baseball bat. I can I can stumble outside and and not look ridiculous. I, I think that's. I always like, had my wiener would always work its way through those flies on the. Uh, they got the button. Oh, you, you get the oh, ones with buttons. All right. Yeah, you just got a button. Button I never, fly. I never up. tried the buttons. Yeah. Well, there you go, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they're, they're, but you're right. They do not hold it in, and so uh, <laughs> there was a couple you know, of uh, uncomfortable situations on the bus. That's all. I well, I think I think I think uh, your balls just get tired through the day wearing boxers i think you just get a little bit of um you know just sort of some uh discomfort there but for whatever reason i i i, I haven't gone back mm. i don't think i will so anyway it's also a wife preference i think she uh finds <clears throat> they call them wife fronts in 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 england so wife fronts yeah i don't know why <laughs> Interesting. so uh <clears throat> okay one of my favorite bits was super short but it was when uh, uh, what, what was Jerry uh, Stiller's character's name? Uh, oh, uh, Maury Ballstein. So, yeah, Maury Ballstein. Just he, he grabs that chick's ass. Oh man, he really he gets in just, there. Does he doesn't grab it? He just fucking like he he goes for broke. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just like carving out <laughs> a scoop of ice cream. That's, he gets I mean, his finger fucking, there up next to the external labia, sort of. Maneuver. I mean, it's just it's. I, I, <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny, just because mm-hmm. it was, you know, I mean, there's there's the comedy of, of I guess, what we call uh, antiquated or anachronistic comedy of slapping a chick on the ass now because mm-hmm. you'd go to jail for that now. But he not only does that, but he just fucking just goes, goes deep in mm-hmm. and it just it cracked me up for some reason. It was just, uh, yeah, it was so un-PC. I mean, I mean, you can imagine working with your dad, making your dad work a little blue. Yeah, I think, I think that would right. be a lot of fun. That must be a fun yeah. relationship. And then, like the whole thing about his enlarged prostate and he's having trouble urinating. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so uh, strangely, I found that like one of the more funny. Mm-hmm. Funny well, he bits actually, of the film. actually, he's a pretty funny character too, because it, you know this, they're sort of introducing you at that point because that's when you first sort of meet him uh, after the uh, the blow up at the uh, the VH1 Fashion Awards that night. Yeah, right. And that, that happens really early. That's part of the you know these movies they always take like twenty minutes or so to introduce the characters, and that walk down the hallway is really the introduction to Maury. So do you have another bit you thought was... Sure, uh, sure. Here, this uh, this drop gets us uh, started on my, one of my... I don't know if it might be my favorite scene. Orange mocha frappuccino! Oh, yeah. So uh, then they go get their orange mocha frappuccinos and they have that freak the gasoline gas fight. fight fire accident. <laughs> to wham. Uh no, hold it. Which one yeah, is it? Yeah, it's, it's a Wham song. I is that Wham? Yeah, I forget what the what the title track is. But uh, <laughs> they're all drinking their yeah. orange mocha. That I mean, that is really funny, especially when they first did it. It's sort of gross in a way, like when they <laughs> flick like those. Could you imagine having somebody flick one of those public window washer things at oh. you? Yeah, they're oh, disgusting. That, I mean, do they change that water every week or every month? No. I mean, no. I, I almost feel like I'm making my car dirtier. I would only use it if, like, I went through, like, some sort of... I was in eastern Washington or something, and there was some sort of, uh, you know, infestation of some sort of locust that coated I, my windshield. I was once driving past uh, the Great Salt Lake, and it was around dusk, I think about this time of year. And I I think it, it didn't... It, the lake's not that big. I mean, it's a big lake, but I, I I had to draw. I had to pull over every exit on the freeway to a gas station and fucking scrub the dead flies <laughs> that were coming out of that lake. I don't know what they are, brine flies or some shit. Uh-huh. I mean, it was it was it was, it was like a plague of locusts, like you said. I, I had to. I mean, it was. It's like you got to be fucking kidding me. And I get back on the road. You know, I was like, okay, maybe I'm getting you know getting up into the the high country a little bit and then no nope and it would just it, it was it was like this biomass sheen on my windshield about every three or four miles huh. it was just disgusting oh man yeah and so you know i dunked that plunger in and the fucking bodies would just you know float up to the top and uh yeah it, it's 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 not a uh sanitary uh concoction by yeah, any stretch it's for of desperation only yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and then the gas. I like how the gas was slightly. It didn't look like gasoline. It kind of looked like a kind of pale orange soda. Yeah, actually, it's, it's funny. During I I listened to the commentary for that scene, and uh, and uh, Ben was saying he was never happy with how orange the uh, gasoline was. <laughs> I was almost for a second thinking. Well, maybe it's diesel that they're flinging at each other. You know, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. I, I no, they just put too much orange coloring in the water. He said. Uh, yeah, it, that was pretty funny though, and I liked how when uh, the the match or the the cigarette hit it, it wasn't just it didn't catch fire; it just fucking exploded. <laughs> like it just and then and then the 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 orange frappuccino comes flinging at you yeah, in three D. Yeah, it's a, that's a, almost a little too much. I don't know why that's so funny. I think it's it's just a. Uh, I just love it how they reference it later, like because they go right to the funeral, right after that. Right. And that's pretty funny too when Hansel comes in and the guy starts laying like the DJ starts laying down a tune. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The funeral. I, I, now I was looking. I didn't see the twin towers anywhere. Did I just miss it? Well, I read about that. Did they edited it out. They edited it out. I, was uh, I guess there was a few skyline scenes where they, because um, you know they obviously were ready to roll the film during nine uh, eleven, and uh, you know obviously to uh, they didn't twenty eighth of December of September they had to do some quick editing and get rid of them because mm-hmm. uh, people didn't want to think about it. You know, you know, I don't blame I them. I mean, I know yeah. the Spider-Man movie, like they had, they remember they had the, they had the posters up with Spider-Man slinging a web in between the trade towers oh, at the okay. time. They had like a, pre, yeah. they had like an early uh, movie poster. Isn't that weird how they just, you just like pop culture wise, you, you didn't want to conflate the two. It's just too sad. Well, yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that either. That's just you're throwing money away. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, my favorite—I uh, uh, wouldn't say my favorite, but I, I guess the <laughs> the most well-deserved opening on September 11th was uh, uh, Mariah Carey's "Glitter" 
opened like I think on the day or that Friday mm-hmm. or something. And uh, anyway, I, I thought I think there was only one movie opening that weekend, and it was uh, the Mariah Carey Mariah, Mariah Carey film, which I know we all went and saw mm-hmm. at the time. But uh, yeah, that yeah, I don't think anybody was in the mood for that shit. That weekend, <laughs> probably not. Although you know, surprisingly, people are pretty. Um, they, I guess everybody knew about it. Well, at it's that not like. Point, did you but... take time off of work? No, but a bunch of people did. Really? Yeah, they're like two. You know, they like they they knew somebody who lived in New York, and they had to. You know, I was. I think it was just an excuse to fuck off. But mm. uh, well, I mean, yeah, you, no. I mean, a lot of people I, knew I, people lived in New York, so. Yeah. No, I worked right through that shit, man. And then I worked the next day, and I worked the next day. And why, and what else are you supposed to do? I don't know. It's weep and cry over people you don't know 3,000 miles away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just go and search the news channels, trying to see every gruesome detail. Yeah, yeah watch not, that's not, planes that's, flying to buildings over and over again. <clears throat> man, that was a... So. It was quite a, yeah. So I, I I was wondering about that because I did not. They had some skylines that looked like they could have had the business district in them. Yeah, they snipped them out, mm-hmm. or they um they edited it out, or they you know CGI'd it out, or mm-hmm. they did something. They got rid of them. So anyway, I I did like the homage to the gas fight at the end of uh, the film at uh, Derek Zoolander's Academy for kids who don't read so good and want to do something better or whatever they need. You know, the interesting thing about that center he builds at the end in the Demont is that uh, that's the same design that Mugatu gave him. Oh, you're right, that he threw on the floor because he thought that was life-size. But actually went and made it to that design. You're right. That is kind of funny. Yeah, and and, and how uh, Hansel was taking the kids' base jumping off the bridges. And all that kind of Did stuff. you like that joke? I, I it was cheap, but I, I thought it was kind of funny because I, I would envision how many kids would probably die and how, how ill conceived it was. I yeah, guess. yeah. You know, I, I did like the whole Hansel uh, trying to describe his lifestyle, sort of this uh, posse uh, come tribe of uh, hangers on and and. Uh, uh, neo hippies, you know that. Yeah, he is, uh, he is sort of a, a nature guy. Here's here's a little bit of his intro uh, when we're introduced to him in the in the movie. I wasn't like every other kid, you know, who dreams about being an astronaut. I was always more interested in uh, what bark was made out of on a tree. <laughs> I was already. I remember that line. I was thinking, well, what is bark made out of? I, I assume everything what the what, what the rest of the tree is made out of. <laughs> he goes you know. on to say, "I really, I, you know, I really admire. Uh, what was it Sting? Yeah, like that. No, that was I don't a- really listen to any of his music, but uh, the fact that he makes it, uh, you know, I respect him for that. Which is hilarious because I dig on Sting all the time, or I used to dig on Sting all the time. <laughs> I think they. Were I, 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 I used to call Sting stung because uh, uh, for whatever reason he got. I remember he got super popular my freshman or sophomore year in college with that milk toast fucking album of his, uh, Ten Summoner's Tale, that was issued to every fucking uh, dorm room in, in campus when I moved in. Hmm. And it, it's like some of the most just vapid, boring, put-you-to-sleep kind of pop songs, and everybody fucking loved it, and nobody played the police. And I was like, wait a minute, the police was like, that was when he was still edgy, you know. He was still Sting, and all his shit now is just oh, you know. I, I, remember I would know. Was, I haven't listened to any of it. There was some, uh, I think, uh, interview of his talking about Ten Summoners Tale. It's like, yeah, you know, I, I really had to fight writer's block on this album. I was like, well, fucking sounds like it. It's the most boring shit I've ever heard. Anyway, you just, you just added more loots when he was out of stuff to do. Oh God, it was so boring. I mean, I, I should go try to listen to a track or two off of it and, and reaffirm it's 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 just it's it's adult contemporary nature. <laughs> it's fucking Starbucks yeah. CD rack oh, so nature. You, pull, was, you play on the mountain. Is that station still around? I don't think I so. Don't I, think it's still I don't listen now. to FM radio anymore. So yeah, uh, there's one but character I, I can't figure out in this movie, and that's Archie. Archie. Archie is like uh, was Matilda's errand boy at the newspaper. Or at Time Magazine. 
Okay. He's the guy that's always going and bringing her research materials. Yeah, he's the guy with glasses. Yeah, sort and, of it, little, and there's uh, sort of a thing right at the end where he brings her like these halves of... Uh, of yeah, like, oh, cantaloupe with yogurt. Cantaloupe with yogurt. Yeah. And she's always dismissing him, but he's always trying to like impress her, you know, yeah. and, like hit on her a little bit. Right. And I was really hoping that there'd be some... like. Is that the is that the only joke that he's the nerdy guy and no matter how smart know. he is it doesn't matter Zoolander's gonna you know earn oh her is heart. that the joke I, I, I think we, I what, I what else is he up. in there for I was hoping they'd make some comment on Archie and um in the director's commentary but they never talked about him oh really okay. it's sort of a weird All joke right. I'm not sure exactly what they were going for I don't either yeah <laughs> well the biggest joke of the film is that that male model of the year is fucking Ben Stiller. And, uh, and 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 uh, Owen Wilson, right? Who are, are unique looking men, mm-hmm. and they're not bad looking guys, but they're not. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're not male models. Well, it's funny. I uh, uh, Budge used to talk to me. You know, he's a little bit more of of in, into the artistic, um, uh, I guess, uh, aesthetic. Which makes sense because he's, he's he's an art student and does art direction, uh, but he would always tell me he's like you know models aren't famous because they look attractive they're famous because they're unique, and he you know then I would start thinking about like famous models like Grace Jones, Grace Jones is really weird looking mm-hmm. you know and she was really popular back in the eighties and she just had this chiseled angular look uh, you know same with David Bowie's wife a mom. I mean, just really striking, unique-looking woman, and uh, a lot of them are like that. And so it's weird what I guess makes a model and what doesn't, you know. Uh, so, hey, who knows? Maybe uh, Ben Stiller, uh, you know, could have. Well, I don't know about Ben Stiller. He has a few too many wrinkles, but I think that um, sort of the interesting nose on um, on Hansel Owen Wilson might yeah, yeah. might work. Hey, um. I was wondering, why don't we go and see what uh, Ebert had to say about this? I think he has a real glowing review. Ebert reviewed Zoolander on September 28th of 2001, giving it one star. Jesus Christ. Uh, this is probably, I think this might be the worst review I've ever seen <laughs> from Ebert. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's pretty bad. I mean, we've seen some bad reviews from Ebert, but this one's really bad. He's really oh. got his head way up his ass on this <laughs> review. Um, so I'm just going to burn through it pretty quick here. Uh, he starts off talking about, uh, let me just read his first uh his first sentence. There have been articles lately asking why the United States is so hated in some parts of the world. As this week's Exhibit A from Hollywood, oh, I offer geez. Zoolander, a comedy about a plot to assassinate the Prime Minister of Malaysia because of his opposition to child labor. Yes, Zoolander is why the world hates the United States. I'm sure, <laughs> certain of it. Um, let's see here. <laughs> oh my God, it's so stupid. So he goes on talking about the honorable nation of Malaysia and that it's Muslim. So there's probably some undercurrent here in this movie. By the way, just a little bit of current news. Uh, uh, People are trying to derail the TPP, which is this trade deal that's being negotiated in secret that nobody can see Mm -hmm. that the Obama administration is pushing through. Sounds legit to me. Yeah. I'm sure it's all chock full of good times. Uh, but apparently one sticking point is the slave labor issue in Malaysia. Oh, what so, is that? Uh, who, who has an issue use, with it? They use and abuse slave labor. Well, That's probably, see, who wants to keep sticking it? points. Everybody. Uh, what's, what? <laughs> who wants to get rid of it? Uh, not the Obama administration. I'll tell you that fucking much. <laughs> so uh, uh, continue. Uh, anyways, he goes on to talk about how, you know, a plot, even though it's a comedy where they're talking about assassinating the president of of Malaysia is it just in bad taste. And how would you feel if somebody in Malaysia made a film about a comedy film about assassinating the president of the US? Jesus Christ. There's a target audience here, Mr. Ebert. And come on. Uh, fuck's sake. So and he goes talking about uh, one reviewer went and saw the movie and said, just what the doctor ordered, a little comedy, so I can forget our troubles, our post-9-11 troubles. And then here's Ebert's response. Well, you know, I wanted to forget, 
but the movie kept making me remember <laughs> because of its political aspects. Oh and then he goes on to talk, well, asshole. maybe they could have used a fake country instead. Well, uh, yeah, fine, but I guess they might as well. They could have called it Indo Indonesia or something. Sure, I, I you know, whatever. I, I, I think, um, for starters, they made the film not in the zeitgeist of 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 nine eleven. So why don't we all take a fucking well, chill? Well, what zeitgeist? If somebody blew up one of our tower, a couple of towers. That, that totally changes your fundamental understanding of the world. I guess oh, it did. Geez. I guess he's. Well, I guess uh, he I, I, I don't know. And then he keeps going on about the Patronus Towers and, and Kuala Lumpur. Yeah, no, he keeps going know. on into the next paragraph about that. I thought, oh god, another paragraph. He's finally going to change. But no, he's still talking about how it's tasteless using the uh, the assassination plot line. So more or less, his entire criticism of the film waters down to this political, idiot, political, the, the tenuous storyline that wraps these bits together. Right, and the fact that there is a plot to uh, uh, a ridiculous plot by a fashion designer to kill the prime minister of Malaysia, <laughs> you know, I mean, if 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 you want to, which is the Will Ferrell character Mugata, which is hilarious and ridiculous and silly and and uh, you know out of this world, it's just. It's a bizarre review, if not the worst review by Ebert. Well, in the middle of that paragraph, he he talks about a couple of the funny parts of the movie that he enjoyed. He spends like three sentences, and then this is what he then then this is what he goes in to finish off this paragraph. I admire the ruthlessness with which Zoolander points out the fashion industry does indeed depend on child labor. Labor. The back-to-school clothes of American kids are largely made by third-world kids who don't go to school. In fact, the more you put yourself into the shoes, if he had any, of the Muslim 12-year-old in a sports shirt factory, the more you might understand why he resents rich Americans and why he might be offended by a movie about the assassination of his prime minister. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Look, I, there was I, a- I don't mind people pointing out child labor and how it's a, an abomination, but... The, I think... <laughs> put yourself I think... Uh, in, in how, I think he's the trying onion. to make some tenuous connection between the bombing of the World Trade Center you think? and this just comedy a movie. Just, just, just a little bit. <laughs> Pretty sure that's probably not what Osama bin Laden... Didn't Osama bin Laden put out a paper about what he didn't like about America? Yeah, And, and was it. it comedies? No, nobody, 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 nobody really read it, which is, is uh, 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 probably the most ironic part about 9-11 is that uh, Osama bin Laden told everybody in written form why he hated America and he wanted to destroy it. But for whatever reason, it, it, it never made it to the light of day. And we just got, he hates our freedoms. And then we were all left with that on our plate. So, well, you know. I'm sure the Zoolander thing didn't help. <laughs> there was a, there was a hilarious onion headline I read once and it was, uh, uh, <laughs> Gap kids, uh, four kids, buy kids. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Anyways, ter- horrendous review, absolutely that was terrible. Terrible. I mean, I, I, I might, I might, uh, I might add uh, his grave to the graves that will eventually get pissed on. I see, what, who's oh, on, who's on our list? No, I wouldn't really. Do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't really, do that uh, beyond the either. Valley of the Dolls doesn't redeem him in any way. No, it does. Now he's got he's had plenty of good reviews, okay. but that one's a real stinker. Yeah, uh, yeah. This it, it, I was wondering how much he was going to mention September 11th, and I didn't realize it was going to be the entire review. <laughs> it was no, there were three sentences there where he didn't talk about September <laughs> which 11th. he did bring up the D- David Duchovny cameo, which was was pretty fucking funny. Yeah, the, we the didn't the even talk about that. Yeah, J, are you JP Pruitt? <laughs> yeah, and he and, did. He uh, did the, and then the bit where he throws his tiny center off the table—that's pretty funny. Yeah, the. Uh, the cameos were huge in this film. Mm. It was pretty pretty amazing how many uh, uh, A-list cameos were in here. And uh, Billy Zane mm-hmm. was in it, mm-hmm. who was a fucking man. That guy is a good-looking motherfucker, with and without hair. <laughs> I, 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 I can't think of a, a better-looking motherfucker than Billy Zane. Uh, he has like He's like a good-looking Brando. You know what I mean? I'm mean, not that Brando wasn't an unattractive guy, but he has that, like, just amazing brando look so um man crush on billy i think mm-hmm. i don't know what he's doing anymore what's he doing i don't know i saw him in doing? the original 1990s twin peaks 
where he plays a terrible romantic out. subplot in the second yeah, season. Terrible. Yeah. You know what? You know what? You know what I remember about him in, in Twin Peaks? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he had tucked in a red and white sweater into his into his khakis, and no. I was thinking to myself, "Who the fuck tucks in a sweater?" <laughs> Super rich third world developers. Uh, but he looked fucking point. good in it. Still, yeah, he know. and what's her name were hitting it off. They had they had sex yeah. in his private jet one time. Oh yeah, boy, that was uh, I know uh, Sherilyn Fenn. Yeah, that'd be something. Every was... once in a while, just have Sherilyn Fenn run out to the airport before you take off to go oh. on a business trip, and she just was... shag her mightily in your private oh. jet, and then take off for your business trip. Anyways, I'd like Sherilyn... to do that once in my life. Oh my god, Sherilyn Fenn was so gorgeous during Twin Peaks. Uh, I, I... She was a little too much of a sex pot for me. Oh, she was like she. Well, she had that that Lynch look, which is the uh, kind of the fifties pinup girl. Mm-hmm. You know, he, that's what he went for. And so, uh, yeah. Oh man, there's like the scene with her and those uh, uh, what are they? Those saddle shoes. You know, those schoolgirl. She used to rock the schoolgirl outfit all the mm, time in that in that show. Really? How about the scene yeah, where her times. dad's gonna have sex with her in the whorehouse? <laughs> So naughty. It was so naughty. But she looked amazing in the whorehouse. Oh, uh, did she? Fuck. I, I, I don't know. No, Charlotte she looked Finn's terrible. Type. What? Really? Yeah. I, I, who's, I don't even want to ask. But She's everybody's type, man. What's wrong with you? Get it together. I want you to go masturbate to Sherilyn <laughs> Finn circa 1991 <laughs> right ter- now. Yeah, ter- those terrible topless Playboy photos she did. Oh, those, yeah, she had a bad spread in Playboy. I don't know what happened there. I was, like, super excited to get my hands on them, and then I I, I, I perused them, and it was it was kind of a big letdown. They were what you call tasteful. That's the worst kind. You don't want to be. <laughs> those are the worst you know, kind of new shots. <laughs> yeah, when you got business, that's the worst kind of shit to be looking at, so. Oh, man. So we All got, right, we got so, through that review. Thank God that's behind us. So I don't know if I have anything else to ruminate about uh, Zoolander. Uh, the chick that played the love interest, or what's what's her name? The uh, she was uh, Marsha from the Brady Bunch movie. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, Is she married to Ben Stiller? Is she Christine I th- Taylor? Really? I think she is. I think they're. I think oh, they're okay. married. All right. Well, good on him. She's an attractive chick. Matilda Jeffries was yeah, the Matilda, character. Yeah, she's very attractive. Right. Yeah. Uh, other than that, um, again, I like the, 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 the Hansel sort of third world slumming kind of, uh, you know, he's got a Sherpa. Met, yeah. I mean, cause I've met, I, Extreme I've sports met some, guys. I've met people like that and they're just, you know, they're, <laughs> they're definitely not as entertaining as Hansel in this film. How do you I fund like. that sort of stuff? Yeah. That's the mystery. <laughs> You uh, have to good, have a good off-season job, you know, usually. Uh, but most of the time, it's... it's, it's, it's you fall it's, around rich people who have nothing yeah, to do. Yeah, and, and I knew some, some folks who kind of lived that lifestyle a little bit, sort of the uh, first, you know, the jet-set slumming. Mm-hmm. And uh, they happen to know, like, uh, they get hooked up with a guy in, in, in the Alps of France one winter, who wanted to learn how to do some backcountry skiing or something. And he just happened to be an heir of like a ridiculous fortune. Mm-hmm. And so they would fly around on their jets from place to place. Like uh, uh, um, Todd once was leaving uh, the Alps. And he, Todd's a guy that used to live in like a, a, a storage shed or a, 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 you know, one of those uh, public storage facilities. <laughs> so that, that's kind of like. That's kind of the level of his, you know, uh-huh. sort of uh, uh, his lifestyle. And he hooked up with this guy. And, like, uh, he was coming back to Seattle. But the, the trip was delayed a little bit because um, the, the the folks that he was with, whose jet he was on, had to stop in Edinburgh for a scotch auction. And then they were going to be on their way, you know. So, <laughs> I tell you, that, yeah. that world of the extremely rich is just a whole other experience. Uh, I think it would be fucking fun. Yeah, I'd <laughs> I recommend it. Would it. be a bad time. I can get tell a couple you hundred million dollars together, and I think you're. I, I, li- I think I could deal with time for the rest of your life with the self self esteem hit of knowing I didn't earn a, 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 a penny of it. I me believe me, I wouldn't mind. Yeah, I think I could. I think I could handle some uh, extreme nepotism. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would get me down. You know, uh, I could live with it. So, all right. Uh, any? We don't got anything else. Nope. 
Okay, so uh, I would say next week, but that's going to be TBD. It could be two weeks, it could be three weeks, but uh, I will try to uh, get back on the horse as soon as possible. Look, and, don't push uh, it. Your family's the most important thing. Oh, are they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tell me all the time. So <laughs> that's what your uh, that's what your employer tells you. Don't push yeah. it. Your family's the most important thing. Yeah, that's you're what, being that's what happy is what's important to us as a corporation. <laughs> what universe are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. I don't work for one of those companies with <laughs> Nerf guns and fucking foosball tables in the office. So huh? I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway. Uh, so, but our next movie, uh, it, it, we're going to, I'm going to keep the summer of fun rolling and uh, going to do a movie that I, uh, I think had a huge influence on me in the early 80s with regard to my uh, fascination with muscle cars and um cheap beer drinking hmm. uh smoking the bandit which i you haven't seen is that true? no i've never seen so, it just heard about it so uh it's it's i would call it a redneck blue collar comedy but i think it, it 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 rises above it in a way and uh uh there's some jackie gleason bits in it that are fucking unbelievable so hmm. uh anyway we're gonna uh, you know eastbound and down Loaded up and trucking, going to do what they say can't be done. Got a long ways to go, short time to get there. <laughs> I don't know how the rest of it goes. Anyway, I love that fucking song. I think that was the only country song I ever liked. All right. That well, and, uh, I will get it. We'll get an earful of it here over the next week or two. I know. You're going to have to You're gonna have to have rip a copy. You're going to have to pump that shit out on the next uh, Well, get next over to the Pirate Bay and get me a copy. Speaking of the Pirate Bay, my novel, Chronophage, is now out on. <laughs> All right, so uh, until then. Put a cork in it, Zane.